podcast that tries to explain fictional worlds using Simon. Science. My name is Simon. <laughs> and I'm Jeff. So, Jeff, do you know what still is the largest grossing movie in the world? Titanic. It's actually Avatar. Titanic, oh. I think, is like fourth or fifth. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. Well, because you got to think like Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War came out and Jurassic Ever. World right. and yeah. it's like Star Wars came out in that time. <clears throat> yeah. So, well, it's, yeah, it's Avatar. And that's what we're doing today. We're doing not, this is not Avatar The Last Airbender, which we are getting confused about because all of our files <laughs> are just named Avatar. <laughs> Yeah, so this will be really easy to edit later <laughs> oh. and also <laughs> upload later. Yeah, it'll be, we'll, fig- we'll figure out the nomenclature later. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so this is the James Cameron avatar with the Navi. The blue people. The blue yeah. people. For anyone who hasn't seen it, which I, or doesn't know about it, which I find to be the most difficult out of any subject we have done. Yeah. Uh, It's a movie that's essentially just the story of Pocahontas, but it's with people invading an alien land for resources. and As opposed to people invading a foreign land for resources. uh, uh, Sorry, an entire planet for resources. (laughs) But the planet's hostile to humans, and it's got like apex predators and stuff, and so they have Mm -hmm. to come up with really specific machines, and they come up with these things called avatars, which are like biologic creatures that already exist on the planet called navi but these Mm -hmm. avatars are just clones of navi that can be controlled by humans okay i see i feel like it's a circuitous way to get around it but i if i remember correctly the reason they do it is to like is to study the navi right because there's like a xenobiologist or something in the group oh is that why they don't just send robots they're like trying to learn the navi language understand their cultures and things like that too at the same time i think okay, sure <laughs> yeah right i don't really remember. i mean like i saw it one time and it wasn't that good so i also saw it one time and that's how i would describe <laughs> it it's really just kind of like a basic movie it's nothing really like yeah incredible about it well that's the first thing we're going to try and conquer is the method in which they control these biologic bodies because it's it's strange they're not robots okay they are made by a machine these avatars but they're and they're biologic but they can be mm-hmm. controlled using machine okay well, by machines or by like people interacting with the machines. Like, can you just set it, set them on autopilot? I think it's people interacting with machines. I think when the person disconnects from the machine, the avatar goes to sleep. Okay. And they have to keep on going back to the machine to like mm-hmm. reawaken every night with the Navi. Okay. So, how do you control a, a biologic creature for with a brain? Um. Well, are these? I think we started to touch on it. Are the avatars clones, or are they just, like, 3D-printed biological copies? Good question. I think they're, like, 3D-printed biologic creatures. Like, because they're they're supposed to be uh, somehow connected and similar to the human going into it. And that's specified because Mm -hmm. the the main character of the entire uh, movie is um paraplegic and okay. the reason he gets brought along originally they don't want to bring him uh is because his brother who was this was originally made for mm-hmm. um or his twin or something like that 
uh, died. And so the only other person that can use this like really expensive uh, avatar is this guy. So they okay. have to bring him instead. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I guess so. Yeah. So because it's 3D printed, you can, you can put anything in the brain that you really yeah, want Yeah, that's to. what I was trying to get at. So, so do we yeah, think there's that... some sort of like control functionality? And then it's just like radio waves? Uh, yeah, or some other like method to communicate between, you know, wherever the like the cockpit is and where the avatar is. Okay. Okay. Then then why is it necessary that the avatar Okay, okay. So is the reason maybe this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe the the reason that the avatar needs to be like connected to or people or, specific. Yeah, it's people specific is because uh uh the 3D printed brain in the avatar mm-hmm. uh is actually just a remapped version of that person's brain. Yeah, that makes that makes the most sense. That's where I would go. Yeah, so so then it's more like a one to one comparison between the two rather than having a a one brain completely relearn how mm-hmm. to control a different brain. It just can just right. be like, oh, this is firing up. Well, then this is what should be happening. Or this this should mm-hmm. be firing up in the other brain too. Mhm. And it just maps what one brain is doing to like you know the corresponding place in the other brain yeah 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 yeah. that makes the most sense it would it seems kind of strange because if if that is the case uh he would like i mean is there like a feedback effect from the fact that he's in his brother's avatar where like he now has like his brother's thoughts or he starts thinking like his brother because his brain is being trained in a way mm, where he has mm-hmm. to operate with his brother's brain. That's kind of trippy. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would ever want this technology to be available. Uh, yeah, it sounds ever. a little terrifying. <laughs> yes. Hmm. And 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 I guess what they would probably do is they probably do that uh that hormone that's used in sleep to keep you from flailing. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of keep you still because so, like yeah, shut down the motor functions. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you're not like like flailing about on this bed, just like knocking <laughs> the shit, and mm-hmm. bruising yourself all the time. That'd be right horrible. Okay, so that seems pretty good. Um, yeah. So the uh, so the specific thing with the Navi is apart from them being like twelve feet tall blue creatures, mm-hmm. they have these hair braids that have exposed oh yeah 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 it is a thing that have exposed (laughs) connections that they Mm -hmm. can connect not only with other creatures on the planet Mm -hmm. but they can connect with plants some plants and each other and that's their way of like mating which is weird yeah, that is weird. Why would that Evolve. same like function like why would they be able to connect with plants? Like other animals, I guess I can kind of see as like a as like a hyper social adaptation. Yeah. Like a yeah. Like almost like everything evolves to to be what's it what's it called? It's not animal husbandry. What's that called in uh in wildlife, when two creatures are complementary to each other, symbiotics, but it's not like symbiosis. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, kind of. I guess symbiotic would 
be close-ish if they're able to like i don't know if like one has to if the navi are keeping the plants alive that they're then mating with i I guess i think it's only yeah that's the weird part (laughs) um i think the plant is only like so part of the lore of the world is that the entire planet is like one brain and it's it's all around this tree and so you can like connect to the brain of the planet and that's why i'm saying the plant thing i don't know if like like a venus flytrap you could connect to that that seems a little strange Oh, okay, so it's just, <clears> hmm, <throat> so if it, in theory, is just the one plant, like, to connect to the planet, I guess? Yeah. Um, well, well, so, so, it's a bigger issue is, why is this something that exists? I mean, if you have, it's exposed nerves, is what it is. It's gotta mm-hmm. be. And so, yeah, that makes sense. Like the most sense for the situation. Why would you have such a an enormous weakness, just like hanging off the back of your head? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, evolution. Well, you said it's like a reproduction thing, also. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, evolution-wise, I guess for uh, whatever. You know, mammals that have their, just instead of, you know, the genitalia that we have on Earth, they just have... Genitalia on their heads? Yes. Huh. That makes the whole flying creature thing in the movie... A lot weirder. Yeah, Yeah. it really does. Uh Uh-huh. Uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay. And, okay. And are we just assuming that every brain on this planet has adapted in a certain way that it can because they can communicate across it it's not just mating like they control (laughs) i remember why i didn't like this movie that much (laughs) (laughs) because it's also dumb on top of being not good yeah so yeah so they can they can connect to like their steeds which are like horses or like these flying pterodactyl things so are we assuming by that docking their genitalia together by docking their genitalia together. Great. Yeah, and also I'm like, really, really glad we have realized this. Gender would be a little weird in this. I mean, relative to to human or sexual. I don't mm-hmm. know it, it, if it would be gender so much as it would just be. There wouldn't be a genetic male or female that we would right. really be known because there's no really external genitalia. Hmm. Well. I mean, even then, like, one would, you know, carry a fetus through development or not. So we're thinking it's more or, like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's really not, okay, I feel like there's not really a, a need for men in that case. I feel like they would all just be women. Well, I mean, biologically speaking, that wouldn't yeah. make, or like, it would make sense for them to all be woman, women, so they all have... The Perfect. possibility of carrying child. That's what makes sense to me, too. Yeah. Okay. So we got that figured out. But, <laughs> but, but how do they control or communicate with other creatures with this? Is it... Are we just going... It has to be that they just have, like, this... Every creature has this part of its brain. Like, the, one of the earliest developments in mammalian brains in this world, evolutionarily, is that... Yeah, is that... They communicate with each other? like... Yeah, like that would have to be it. Just there's, 
nerves running through their, uh, I guess, genitalia. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, much uh, like everyone's genitalia. Huh? Much like everyone's genitalia, there's nerves running uh, well, through Well, yeah, but they also <laughs> allow for, like, direct uh, communication between, like, other brains. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, speaking in order to communicate with other people. Hmm. And and this just happens to be every other every creature. All right. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like it's a weird, yeah, uh, trait. But if that's what was favored on this planet for these conditions, then I guess that could just be what it is. Yeah, that's that feels weird. That seems weird. And and it might actually even be that that's why the the predators are so bad on this planet is because. They're always so used to communicating with the creature that when mm-hmm. they can't, like with humans, they assume it's something that's like uncanny shadow esque, and they want to right. kill it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So now we can do a uh, Gaia brain, which is like the whole planet, which I think yeah. is bigger than Earth. It's like one big brain, and every all living things are connected in it. It's very new agey. Yeah, right. well, I mean, <laughs> new agey, but also is, like, something that they can directly touch. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I, I see, huh. I see like, a couple of problems with this. One is, like, the amount of energy that would need to, like, to, to propagate mm-hmm. neural signals across a planet. Right. And then there's also the issue of of nerves at least as we know them move at like 270 miles per hour Mm -hmm. if you put that on the scale of a planet yeah like it's gonna take a while like several hours for things to be good to just to go back and forth across the planet like Mm -hmm. like sympathetic nervous systems so maybe so maybe maybe the whole planet isn't one creature but it's a whole bunch of creatures that are like stuck together yeah, I like that. That makes sense. Yeah. It's just like a, a giant colony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that way you you don't have problems with like, if you need to do something like respiration, that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, or repolarization of your nerves or things like that. That, that mm-hmm. isn't as much of a problem with that time scale if you're only like, well, these creatures aren't, they're only like 100 miles large. Not yeah, like right. So like each creature handles its thousands. own uh, living. Yeah, but they also all intercommunicate and like work towards one end goal, I guess. Yeah, so they're kind of like a bacterial colony or a yeast colony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or there, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Wow, that's this is this is being easy. Um, <laughs> well, well, let's do um, one thing that's that's true about the planet is the fact that humans can't breathe the air. Okay. Which would be, I mean, that'd be fine, you know. Yeah, that seems straightforward enough. Yeah, it just it just doesn't have enough oxygen in the air. However, mm-hmm. I, di- I don't remember this from the movie, but I did look it up, and apparently the mm-hmm. air is hydrogen sulfide and chlorine. Okay. Now, the thing with those two compounds, mm-hmm. they are highly oxidative, which is why right. they're poisonous to people, mm-hmm. and they pretty much eat everything. So, so why are they not dying? Like, are, are we saying that Navi's like skin is made of like, um, like Kevlar? Yeah, like I'm not even sure what 
wouldn't be susceptible to just being like just falling apart when exposed to these chemicals yeah i mean i mean you could do it you could do it you would need a incredibly stable plastic probably or like a glass like a like yeah the difficulty being uh you know making plastics in one's body though I mean, so, no, you could do it. I mean, I mean, you think about plastics. I mean, we're made of plastics. We're made of, like, long chain, long chain interconnected organic compounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, like wood's a plastic. But I think the bigger problem is, is that the expense, it's just an energy expenditure thing. Like, Mm -hmm. to, to get a biologic body to create, like, I don't even know, like, ABS or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think ABS would be able to do this. Acetyl, maybe? Acetyl could probably handle this. I should look up. I don't know. But a plastic that's that's corrosive resistant enough mm-hmm. that that this isn't an issue. Right. I feel like I feel like that's tough. And then also, why aren't they, like, bulletproof? Or why aren't they... I guess they're, they're I mean, I guess they're giant creatures. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It that seems that seems tough. And then the other thing is, human beings have like exposed skin in this world. Like they're only they're wearing like military fatigues, and they're not burning. So oh wait, hold on. They're also have people on like in atmosphere on this yeah. planet. Oh yeah, they do. They only wear like face masks, and I'm like, <sighs> if something if something is out there on an entire planet. That's mm-hmm. corrosive enough that it's gonna kill you, and it's not like nitrogen or CO two, right? You're gonna you're you got bigger things to worry about than <laughs> your face. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you know the everything else, for instance. Yeah. And it's unlikely that it's CO. <laughs> if if we're assuming the plants on this planet are like our plants, and they consume mm-hmm. CO two and produce oxygen. This has mm-hmm. to be an incredibly oxygen-rich environment because the whole planet. Well, they is might not even necessarily, you know, be consuming CO two, making oxygen. It could be they're consuming hydrogen sulfide and just producing yeah. sulfur-based compounds. Yeah, but then they would clean that up. Like CO two isn't like a big well, maybe... thing in our planet. I mean, it is yeah. a big thing on our planet, but not like yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess whatever is predominantly in the atmosphere, maybe that is the end product of is the reducing their plants like photosynthesis yeah the the and the reducing um, agent for your photosynthesis yeah and that's just what the navi and everything else breathe there <sighs> that just seems i guess that's how our planet works yeah like i mean it's a strip well i feel like it's maybe the whole because... planet is created by a different alien race and they seeded life on it as some hilarious experiment for them <laughs> like so, here's a bunch of things that shouldn't work just throw it all in one planet i i kind of like that idea i kind of like the idea that it's like it's like todd howard if if todd howard was the alamist from the animorphs um so he would like like you you create you're like you come up across a planet and you're like this planet is corrosive and everything sucks but what if i created all of these creatures that could live here and they would just live here and like they would thrive here even (laughs) okay i I mean i I actually like that better than anything else would come so far yeah it kind of helps to explain the really stupid exposed nerves thing also like this is like a 13 year old kid playing spore 
and being like, <laughs> right. What's the weirdest thing I could do? Well, let's say that all creatures on this planet communicate telepathically with their genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. Oh, oh, you could actually even do like a like um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy kind of thing, mm-hmm. where you create a, a a computer that is its own ecosystem, so that it's like it's mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. perpetual motion. And right. that's what Gaia Brain is. It's just a really big computer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So one thing is, mm-hmm. there are these giant pterodactyl things that they use as mounts. If you remember correctly. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh huh. They're they're big, but they can. <sighs> they also have the the flying capability to mm-hmm. fly with Navi on their backs. Right. The twelve foot tall alien. Not pneumaticized bones. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we create a creature that can... How do, how do you create a creature that can fly like that? <laughs> that That's is capable insane. of doing that? Yeah. yeah. Do we think... Do we think... Uh, here's here's an idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what if they, they fly like normal, like, mm-hmm. like a bird. They have like airfoils for wings and they have very long right. wings. And they have pneumaticized bones and all that. But the mm-hmm. other thing they have is... Is thrusters. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. But I was actually thinking, what if they, they had, like, really severe temperature differences across their body? So they could, like, heat up air on one half their body and create lift from that as well. All right. Yeah. I mean, going off of the life-seated spore experiment... This is our thirteen-year-old um, boy. Yes. I guess, yeah. This is our <laughs> our thirteen-year-old boy created these flying monsters that just the underside of them are terribly hot all of yeah. the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they're pretty much dirigibles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we could also do something because obviously this is a thirteen-year-old boy. I remember what I was what it was like to be thirteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could say that they had propulsion that just farts. And they just <laughs> fart into the, <laughs> into the yeah. sky. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like this. Yeah, this that makes just, sense. And maybe that's why there's so much hydrogen sulfide and chlorine. Maybe that's what this, these creatures emit. It's because they're just <laughs> farting all of the time. Yeah, yeah. It's not the planet. It's the fact that everyone is farting all the time. <laughs> that's just locomotion. You have to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that <laughs> <works>. <laughs> i like it imagine imagine how much like less impressive it's not how much less impressive that scene is if like all these creatures are like jumping on the back of their flying creatures and they're connecting with it and then as they dive down you just hear <laughs> as they go down uh, constantly yeah right <laughs> Yeah, uh, that might be why they cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They just they were, <laughs> when they were there on Pandora filming the movie, they were like, "We gotta, we gotta fully we gotta, in yeah, all this we stuff. Need a, we can't use this audio. We'll put a soundtrack over this. <laughs> yeah. You won't notice it." <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing about that would be is that like it would be like the sound of a jet engine but it would be the sound of farts the, the noise of a jet engine but the sound of farts yeah right 
constantly all the time over the entirety of the planet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, running with the assumption that this is a 13-year-old boy's experiment, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, that fits in canon more perfectly than anything else. Agreed. Agreed. <sighs> okay. So what we're doing? That explains the face masks, actually, so people don't have to smell the farts. (laughs) That's that's what it is. It's not so much that it's poisonous, it just smells real bad all the time. So so the last thing, uh, there's two things, but the the Mm -hmm. last big thing is part of this world is, and the reason they go to this planet is for a material that was so intelligently called unobtainium. Yep. Uh, the properties of unobtainium. It's real lucky that, you know, that's what it was called. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So the properties of unobtainium, we know, is that it's, it's, a, it's a crystalline metal, and we know that it floats. Okay. It floats on what? Oh, well, it Air? Just, water? It, it just floats. It floats. It, it, it seems to be... Uh, Nearly unaffected by gravity. Okay. We've only ever seen it in air, so I don't know. Right. Well, uh, in air on this planet, or like in our atmosphere as well. Uh, in our atmosphere as well. There's a single piece of it on a spaceship mm. that we see floating, and he like knocks it, and it spins as if it has no friction. There's a whole other thing that I just realized is that if they're flying on the backs of creatures, Navi must have incredible metabolisms. Like, mm-hmm. what is the pressure like at that altitude <laughs> that that they're not suffocating to death? Right. Like, that's insane. You need an oxygen... Like, I, 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 Navi are so big, they wouldn't be able to survive in, like, Denver. Much less if they were, like, <laughs> in, in, a, in a commercial airline. Well, yeah, they're <laughs> real big. They got them big lungs. They just hold their breath the whole time uh. they're flying. Oh, that's what it is. You're right. Because because it's all about lung capacity and has nothing to do with the fact that they're going to burn through that (laughs) air so much faster. Right. Well, that's why they have so much more of it. Oh. Oh. So are we also saying that, like, not only do they have, like, larger lungs proportional to humans, but they also Mm -hmm. have, like, whale-sized lungs. Like, they they got whale lungs. Uh, Well, I mean, they're not as big as whales. Yeah, but, like... Whales, relatively speaking, yeah, like lungs would take up more percentage of their internals than you know human lungs. Okay, well there you go. You're just learning. Everyone's learning so much about Navi uh, biology right now. <laughs> okay, so oh, what was it? Oh, that's right. So this floating material, mm-hmm. t- it's tough. This is a tough one. Yeah, this one is hard. The um, the best. I, I did see, I, I try not to, to look into any of this stuff when I'm researching problems with the movie, because I don't want to watch the movie to find problems. That's, that <laughs> takes too much time. So I just I Google mm-hmm. what the problems are. Um, <laughs> uh, and, Seems and, fair. And I saw a lot about magnetism with, okay. this, with this material. I don't know what they were referring to. Uh, what I'm assuming they're referring to is that if, if you had a highly conductive material... Uh-huh. And essentially it's it's creating a a a rail cannon. Like <laughs> if you put an electric charge through a, a piece of metal that's over a permanent mm-hmm. magnet, 
mm-hmm. the the metal will be repulsed or attracted to yeah. the, the magnet. And you can use this to accelerate things and make things float. So what if what if Pandora has just an incredibly strong magnetic field and it's mm-hmm. strong enough to induce a current in this material? Okay. And then and then that creates lift. I don't think that's how that works. And I'm like, I'm trying to use, it's like, remember as much of my E&M physics as I learned, which I'm very bad at. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to remember if that works that way. If like, if you put a strong enough magnet through a conducting material, can you get repulsion or would you only get attraction? Is I'm it- not sure. Yeah, no, we we left the realm of biology, so I'm a little bit out of my element on this one, to be honest. Uh, one second, I got. I know all the words that need to be said in this. <laughs> you just need to work out the right order to put yeah. them into. Yeah, man, that's so. So what if? Yeah, that's a toughie. It's so tough because I I feel like the best way to do this is so a, a rotating magnet like a planet. Mm-hmm. That would that would create that does create uh, uh, electrical induction or magnetic induction. Okay. Um, and we know this because, like, uh, when they first laid copper wire across the Atlantic, or actually, mm-hmm. I think it was just across the English Channel. Okay. Um, for uh, telegraph lines in Europe. They experienced these, like, it was like noise that was created because the Earth's magnetic field was rotating through the wire and it was creating induction periodically. Um, And actually, Faraday thought you could use the Earth as a perpetual generator for electricity, but it generates such a minute amount, it's not a practical thing. I don't think that's going to work out that (laughs) way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the, the idea is. Well, hold on. Now I know you've shot this down before, but Go what on. if what if it's a what if it contains monopole magnets? What if it's relic particles? Because that would be so that would be a material that that we wouldn't be able to find normally on on else. Earth. Yeah. yeah, we would have to mm-hmm. go out in space to get. And if it's it if maybe the the crystalline structure of the metal isn't actually what's creating the lift, but it's it's stabilizing the monopoles. And it's keeping them in one place and concentrating them. Okay. So then only on one half of the planet, on one of the poles, are they floating? Because they're just being they're just being held in stasis between the pole of the gravity from the planet mm-hmm. and the push of the magnet. That's not how that works. Because gravity <laughs> gets weaker as you get further away. So you can't do that. Um, mm. Wow, that's annoying. Oh yeah, you could because the 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 magnetic repulsion would also get stronger as you got closer. So you could totally float things mm-hmm. on magnets, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I, I think, think so. Yeah. No, yeah, I think so too. Sure. I don't know why I confused myself with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that's that that's that's not a bad that's an actual use for monopole magnets that you could have if you got enough of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. Given the rest of the assumptions we've made with this uh, with this topic, that we can we can take that assumption as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it works out. Boy, that's weird though. I feel like if I would choose the induction route over this, but 
but I honestly do not remember. I can't like visualize how the electric and magnetic fields would interact in my brain well enough mm. to figure out if you can create repulsion with that. And if right. anything, you create a dipole. So then you have one, the other half of the material is going to be attracted to the magnetic field. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work, right? <laughs> right. Okay. I know, I know you're the wrong person to ask about this. It's, well, it's part of that part, like, okay, I need to look at any diagram to really keep it straight in my head also. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, the problem I'm having right now. I, I, I think, yeah. actually, the induction doesn't even work, even if it did work, because mm. you would create the opposite pole on the other side. Voila. Mm. You have... So maybe, maybe... Nope, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah that is annoying and the other problem being is that why would this work off planet because then you would you would mm. be removed from the magnetic field of, of the planet and like why would it work in space like why would it be floating right why would they have like unless they had a magnet underneath it but then why would you just have magnets like we already can do that <laughs> like we have well, these magnetic are levitation. special you know foreign planet magnets great I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume. Yeah. Just so I don't know the economics of this world. I'm gonna assume that real Earth magnets are cheaper mm-hmm. than fantasy other planet magnets. Well, I mean, maybe there's some application for fantasy other planet magnets. Well, that's that what I was thinking. Need them for if right? if they were like superconductors, which would be mm-hmm. the induction route. Mm-hmm. That would be incredibly useful. The holy grail of energy and electronics is finding something that is a superconductor at room temperature. Mm-hmm. However, again, that doesn't work because you create a dipole. Like you would, you would have to have an electrically charged object for mm-hmm. mag- magnetism to create a constant repulsion like that. Like a ra- that's how a rail cannon works. Is because you have mm-hmm. a charged bar that you're that's pushing right. off of the and it's creating a magnetic field that's pushing off the magnetic field on the mm-hmm. other side. <sighs> yeah, so 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 maybe unobtainium. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's like a radioactive element and it's and it's constantly decaying and that decay is creating an electric field and that's what's pushing off of the earth. Okay. Yeah, that seems like an easier explanation. Yeah. And and then you like would by run- far yeah, then you would run to a nice thing where it, it would be very valuable because something that could spontaneously generate an electric an electric current like that mm-hmm. would mean that you could create safe nuclear energy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even if you could figure out how to synthesize unobtainium, that would be incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we should go okay. with that. That makes way more yeah, sense. Yeah, I think that one fits better. Yeah. Yeah. And it just has to have like a really specific decay pattern mm-hmm. to, to generate a field. Mm-hmm. Cool. So the last thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we already answered it. I was going to say humanoid aliens. And I like this whole like bit about how uh, <laughs> panspermia is the reality of the world. Um, but it turns right. out we already explained that because it's a 13-year-old boy's experiment. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he just seeded life. I made it look like humans. Uh, Wait, did he create humans? Are propelled by farts? Maybe. Who knows? Are we also this thirteen-year-old's plant experiment? Well, some of us do fart a lot, also, <laughs> so that could be the case. That's true. And I mean, some would say breathing is farting from our mouths. 
I don't know many people <laughs> would say that, but <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I think you could say I could. I think you could make an argument for farting being or breathing being farting from the mouth, or farting being breathing from the butt. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you don't, I don't inhale know if that's from the how butt. That works. No, yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you positive? Well, I mean, I'm gonna go with yes. Breathing is not mouth farting. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. We can agree to disagree on this one, but <laughs> do we want to take on efficient intergalactic travel? Uh, I feel like we keep touching on that. Every other episode. It's such a tough thing to explain because wormholes don't work. Mm -hmm. You can only move as fast as the speed of like, you know what, you know what the problem is? You know what the problem is? Mm. What's that? There's an actual speed limit (laughs) to the world. Uh, If only it weren't for physics, this would be so much easier. Exactly. If only you could just change. If only we were living in the Futurama world <laughs> where we can move the universe around us and all you need to do is just increase the speed of light and then it's no longer a problem <laughs> um yeah yeah because this is a so it's got to be actually i'm actually fine with this i'm actually fine with a kind of intergalactic space travel they have because they mm-hmm. don't show any time passing on earth okay so, so yeah if they don't have any um like frame of reference for it then yeah we could just assume that like every single time they travel through space they're traveling Mm -hmm. so fast that their time is being stretched out and Mm -hmm. for some reason they're not dying because it's still going to take a really long time um right but uh, but the people who are on pandora and have been uh, you know maybe they've been there for like two months the people Mm -hmm. who are arriving left two months before them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like relative to the people on Pandora. There's a new flow of recruits, but on Earth they're just sending people constantly, and it just happens yeah. to be yeah yeah that makes sense. Like this is the order they landed. Yeah yeah. Okay okay yeah that makes sense. Yeah that's fair. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I think we actually did everything. This is actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah no this one went. Like, relatively smooth. And I'm trying to think of... I mean, one of the problems I have is that if the if the planet is so caustic, and they're, like, mm-hmm. blowing up trees and stuff in this movie, why are they not okay. creating enormous fireballs? Um, I don't know about yeah, that. They, I feel like... Uh, like, unless they tailored whatever they're using... To Pandora? For that, yeah. To Pandora, for their atmosphere for their environment is the name of the planet actually pandora or is that from borderlands i don't know i think I it might be from borderlands I think taking I'm... your word for it to be honest with you i think the name of the planet is something else Wait. oh no it does say it's pandora it You're is right. pandora it just also is in borderlands okay okay good <laughs> a very different topic Yes, we could also do Borderlands. How do you create an entire eco- or economy around gun sales? Uh, well, once I play the new game with the walking guns, we can figure it out. There you go. All right. Thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to Joe Subject for our theme music. What it, else do we got? Uh, sh- leave comments, suggestions on iTunes. Or email to them. 
email them to us. Uh, you can find all of our information at uh, pedantichandwavium.com. Or pedantichw.com. Mm-hmm. We are on, you know, iTunes, Stitcher. You should yeah, like us. like should... every, every uh, podcasting platform, basically. We're, we're even on Like YouTube. us in all of them. Yeah. Download us in all of those platforms, Yeah, please. just keep on downloading. Never download. stop downloading. Exactly. Every day you should be downloading us again. <laughs> it's a good system. It's, You'll I never get tired of us. Yeah, they'll never they'll never see through that. Uh, no, no. <laughs> the, <laughs> the metrics don't track unique downloads at all. It's fine. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, they also, to be honest, they also track repeated downloads. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's not a unique download. Yeah. And, so just... Uh, Connect with different IPs, mm-hmm. use different computers, create a botnet, if you want and to su- download the podcast. Support us more than just downloading the podcast and things like that. And you want to get the word out. Tell your friends. Uh, you could even just like watch the YouTube stuff and then just like pause it. Because that'll at least move us up in the YouTube. <laughs> it's true. Like, mm-hmm. And that, that, that will count as a unique download even if you're downloading our RSS feed because it's a different whole different system right um and i don't know why youtube just doesn't also offer i don't know why they don't just also offer rs feed stuff yeah it makes sense if they did wouldn't it it's way more expensive to host videos than it is to host just audio right anyway um Mm -hmm. thanks for listening uh my name is simon kozik and i'm jeff conrad i'll see you next time we'll miss you goodbye (laughs) 